We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Wednesday, and that means, folks, it is time for the midweek rundown. This is going to be a little bit of a new format moving forward, at least for a little bit. I'm going to be doing this show today solo, and it's going to be that way for a little bit. Obviously, as you all know, Ryan welcomed his second child into the world. Uh, she was born on, I think it would it would be Sunday night, so kind of like early Monday morning. And uh, he's going to be off the next couple weeks. But when he gets back from his two weeks off, he's still going to be not as as involved in shows as much over the summer as he and his wife kind of help uh, help uh, kind of, you know, raise that little one a little bit. So he's going to still do the money recruiting show. He's still going to be involved in some other shows, but he's just not going to be doing as much. We're going to have Vince on more or uh, Sean Stars and I are going to start doing a show together in the afternoon. Vince and I will be doing the mailbag together. Ryan's going to focus on on the written content with recruiting updates. Obviously, that's going to keep him very busy in June and July. So uh, that's going to be a little bit of our shift. Obviously, we talked about Tuesday is going to be sort of our season preview day. Wednesday is going to be the midweek rundown. And I'm just going to take a lot of different topics that, that kind of come up and try to make them kind of pertinent and relevant to sort of what we're discussing. And so uh, that's what today's show is going to be about. And so when... I do these solo shows like this. We are not often going to have mailbags. So today, for example, we won't do a mailbag at the end. I know there's a couple questions on there. I, I just may answer those just in case, but I just wanted to give you all a heads up. It, it won't be, there won't be mailbags at the end of these. If you have super chats, I'll respond to the super chats. If they're related to the topic we're discussing, I'll bring them up during the show if there are super chats I will uh, that that aren't necessarily related to a specific topic or in response to I already discussed, I'll bring those up at the end. But we're going to pick some different show, different topics today, and I'm going to dive into a couple a couple Notre Dame team related issues. Although one is technically sort of a recruiting issue or not issue, but it, it, recruiting topic, and that's going to be Devin Ford. First show, first part of the show, I'm going to talk about in sort of the Notre Dame offense under Jared Parker and, and really what I expect it to look like and what are some of the main, more so some of the main differences between a Jared Parker offense and a, and a Tom Reese offense. I've gotten this question a few times this summer or this spring really. And, and I got it again, I think it was yesterday or the day one of our shows last week. 
And I thought, you know, it might be good to just kind of take a portion of a show and just really dive into some of the differences that I think we're going to see uh, from this football team under Jared Parker. It's not a discussion of who's better, who's worse. We don't know how good of a coordinator Jared Parker is going to be. I've told you all I'm cautiously optimistic. I have some excitement about what I think he's going to bring. I think there's a lot of things that Tommy Reese did philosophically that I agreed with. That's more my style of play. There's some other things that maybe he didn't agree with that I like from Jared Parker. And I'm sure as we get to know Jared Parker more, there'll be some things that wouldn't necessarily be what I would do as a coordinator, but it, it fits what he does. So we're going to try to dive into what I think a Jared Parker offense is going to look like, you know, really based on what we've seen on film, what we've seen from practices, just talking to different people and, and, and getting into what we think that's going to look like. And then the last part of the show is going to be uh, discussing Deion Sanders and what he's doing at Colorado. It's, it seems like it's one of those topics where everybody is on a side. And it's either pro Dion, anti Dion, And I'm going to kind of dive into it and give sort of my opinion. There's some things about it that I like, some things about it I, I, I well, I was just say that I like, I understand. And other parts of it I, I don't necessarily like. And so I'm going to get into that at the end of the show as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're going to kick the show off, however, talking about the Notre Dame offense. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of excitement about what this, this Notre Dame offense is going to be. And it's kind of funny and actually kind of interesting. And, and, and it's a point of view I, I tend to agree with to, to a certain to a certain aspect. It's, but there's a there seems to be in the Notre Dame universe, you know, at least in the Irish breakdown universe, whether it's our opinion, whether you know the opinion of of people that that work with me and and work for me, and then the opinion of you all, and we see in the chat, opinion on the message board, I see a lot of it on Twitter as well. Uh, that's why it's kind of the broader Notre Dame universe because not everybody that that I see commenting on Twitter or responding to me on Twitter is necessarily someone who is a part of the Irish breakdown community, and so. 
you know, when I when I looked at it, when I look at this offense, I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I already see one just put in the chat about what Marcus Freeman wants on offense, ground and pound. I don't think that's really accurate either. There's a lot, but there's a lot of excitement about the offense, even though the offense hasn't really been very good in recent seasons and 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 honestly hasn't really been a dynamic offense since 2017 and hasn't been an overly efficient and dynamic offense since 2015. And there's been a lot of years since the beginning of the Brian Kelly era into the Marcus Freeman era, where the offense is the part of the team that really held Notre Dame back. I mean, the exceptions obviously being the the Brian Van Gorder tenure where the defense was abysmal and they actually had a pretty good offense in, in 2014. And the offense, or 20, excuse me, 2015, I thought the offense in 2013 at times was pretty good. The 2016 offense had some moments. It was very inconsistent, but it had some moments as well. The defense was just terrible all three years. So you, you kind of, I, I kind of chuckle at some of the excitement that that we have, including myself, have about the offense because you know the defense has been has been better, and and the defense was better than the offense last year, significantly so when you look at you know where it ranked related to you know other teams around the country. Notre Dame had a a top 25 to 30 defense last year that for the most part, with the exception of USC played pretty well in the big games. I mean, defense played well against, uh, against Ohio played very well against Ohio state. They played great against Clemson. They played pretty well against Marshall Had a, that last drive was brutal. You know, the one that you gave up in the fourth quarter, but it, up until that point in time, they had only given up what 12, 14 points to Marshall. I thought they played well against North Carolina until the game was out of hand and they gave up a couple big plays. I thought they played well against BYU for the most part. So defense was clearly the best part of the team last year, but there's this concern about the defense and this excitement about the offense. I think part of it is the unknown that that we have and the excitement over the talent and all those kind of things, and I buy into all that. I, I think this is a very talented football team. I, I think that you know the quarterback issues have been something we've discussed on the show quite a bit. And I'm rightfully on the same page with everybody else about uh, about the quarterback position. And, and so I think all those things factor into why there is an excitement about this football team. But what is the offense going to look like? I think that's a very fair question when when you when you break down, you know, what this football team is going to be. And, and you say, OK, I know who the quarterback is going to be. I have a pretty good idea who the receivers are going to be in the rotation, who plays where and, and what. That That's still to be determined. We kind of have an idea what the tight end rotation is going to look like. We know who's the starting running back. We, we know at least three of the five starting offensive linemen. I would argue four of the five starting offensive linemen. There, there's a lot of personnel things. We have a pretty good idea. We know who's in the battle for the right guard position and and those type of different aspects of it. But but when we sit down and say, well, what's this offense going to look like? Well, I, I, think, I think I have a pretty good idea of what the offense is going to look like. And I've spent a lot of time over the last couple months uh, trying to find the answers to this. And part of it was being at the practices and really studying what they did trying to figure out some differences in, in you know, practice, how they went about their practices. And you know, there's some scheme things that, that are different, and we'll get into that. But I, this isn't going to so be, be very much of a, of a scheme-specific type of conversation. This is going to be more of a conversation about structurally and, and schematically and things that you can do when you pop on the film against Navy or when you pop on the TV, I guess I should say, against Navy and Tennessee State and NC State and, and, and Central Michigan, Ohio State, on down the line, you know, what are the things that you're going to look and say, oh, that's that's a little bit different, and or maybe, boy, they're doing this more than they have in the past, or, gee, that's, that's uh, you know, that must be the Jared Parker uh, way of doing things, and so we're, we're going to dive into that. I think it, it needs to start, I'm going to go 
I've thought different ways of how to kind of dive into these specifically. And I think the way I decided to start is I'm going to start with really more of what I think to be more of a bigger picture type of look at this offense. And I think the the one thing that that I'm most confident in when – well, I should say at least early on, the one thing I'm most confident about this offense is I do expect this to be a very a much more aggressive offense. And I think aggression means a lot of different things. And it's it's sometimes it's the obvious things. You know, they're going to throw the ball downfield more. They're going to take more shots downfield. We saw some examples of this in the blue-gold game. We saw a double post concept that Sam Hartman hit over the top to Jaden Thomas. I think we saw some concepts that, that didn't necessarily materialize, but some deep over, some deeper concept, route concepts. And, of course, in practices, we just saw the one-on-ones to the outside that they threw to the outside. I think there's a there's several reasons for this. Number one is, obviously, I think you have skilled players that that fit that. You have some big, tall receivers on the outside that that can stretch the field, that you can win one-on-one contested routes. You've got some uh, some some skill that's got some big playability. You talk about a Chris Tyree, a Tobias Merriweather. You've got a talented freshman class. You see them going after more dynamic receivers. The 23 class obviously has some some guys that bring some big playability in different ways. Braylon James brings downfield speed. Jaden Greathouse brings some volume ability, but also a guy that's athletic enough to make plays down the field. Rico Flores, very similar. Caleb Smith's an after-the-catch kind of difference maker. Next year's class, Isaiah Canyon and Cam Williams are absolutely downfield vertical players. And so when you look at, okay, well, that they are clearly recruiting to that. When you look at the running backs the staff has recruited, Jeremiah Love, Aeneas Williams, Kedron Young is a guy that the staff is very high on. They're guys that bring some dual threat, big playability, especially Jeremiah Love uh, in last year's class. If they're able to land Kedron Young, and I'm not saying that they're going to, I'm just saying I think that's a guy that I like a lot, that they like a lot, that, you know, to me uh, – is a guy that brings some ability out of the backfield, but more so is just a big-time home run threat as a running back. So they seem to be recruiting that kind of quarterback or that kind of player, a quarterback. They're recruiting guys that can flat-out throw the ball down the field. I mean, that's the one thing a lot of the guys that they're recruiting have in common, whether it's whether it's Deuce Knight, whether it's K.J. Lacey, George McIntyre, Blake Hebert, I mean, who no, all the guys that we see this staff really focusing on, the one thing that almost all of them can do, especially the guys that are at the top of the board guys, they can all throw the ball down the field. I mean, they have not only the strong arms, but there's a lot more to throwing the ball down the field than just having a strong arm. They are talented downfield passers. So I think when you look at this team – and you say the 23 team, well, yeah, they're going to throw the ball down the field because they have Sam Hartman. I would argue that that's partly why you get a Sam Hartman is to throw the ball down the field. But you can't say that's directly going to be a change to this new offense because he committed to when Tommy Reese was still the coach. But I think what you're going to see under Jared Parker is uh, uh, not only the downfield stuff, but the aggressiveness also comes from being able to attack you know, more more concepts where you're designing routes to get guys free on in big play opportunities. It's not always on a post or a go or a seam. You know, sometimes it's running clear out routes. You know, you get a post from the outside guy and then a little clear out here and then you bring a guy from the backside over the top. There's things like that that you could do that are saying, hey, we're going to design this concept to get a guy free down the field. That's all part of being aggressive. I think you're going to see part of the aggressiveness being you know, how they use formations, you know, lining up in certain ways and using motions and shifts and, 
you know, setting up other things with, you know, jet sweeps and things like that, that are may not seem like an aggressive concept, but it's being utilized in a way that they're trying to set you up, either catch you or set you up in something. When you look at the motions and shifts, they're designed, you know, last year, a lot of the motions and shifts were designed to create you know, numbers advantages in the run game. And I think we'll still see that this year, but we didn't see as much partly because of the personnel that they had. So it's not so much a, you know, you didn't do it last year because it, there was a flaw in the system schematically or philosophically, but it just, you didn't have the personnel for it where there wasn't as much motions and shifts and formations and personnel groupings that were designed to create big plays in the pass game or with any consistency. That's all part of it. It's also about then using other aspects of it to, to create more opportunities. And so some of the points that I'm going to go down here on are going to lead back into this number one point, which is more a, a more aggressive game plan, a more aggressive, I should say, philosophy, not even game plan, but just philosophy, an attacking mode. You know, I think this is an offensive staff from the things that I've been able to learn that I believe is is one that wants to jump all over people. And if we're capable of beating somebody big, we're, we want to beat them big. If we're capable of scoring 50 on a team, then we want to score 50 on a team and not kind of play with people or say, hey, look, we think we have this team. Uh, we have this team. You know, we're, we're much better than this team. We don't want to do anything to create mistakes that might let them get in the game. No, it's, hey, it's come out. We're going to do what we do. We're going to attack. We're going to go at you, and we're going to try to put the ball in the end zone every time we have it. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be 100 miles an hour all the time, but I do think point number two that I want to get to is I do think we're going to be see some changes from a tempo standpoint. So when I talk about Notre Dame being more aggressive from a tempo standpoint, what I'm not referring to is that they're going to look like Chip Kelly 2010 Oregon. I'm not saying that. They're not going to come out every snap, 100 miles an hour, go, 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 go. But what I do think we're going to see more of, and this is something that I've been a big advocate for in the past, is being able, being willing to mix up your tempos throughout a game. You may come out one game, one series, and say, hey, we're going to kind of go with some, some, some tempo here, right? We want to go with some pace. And I think this is going to be sort of the default way of going about things. And that's playing with some pace. Now, pace is different than going fast. Pace means, hey, we get a play. Let's get up there. Let's get lined up. Let's see what the defense is doing. Let's get the call in. You know, let's let maybe even do look to the sideline, get lined up where, which I'm okay with when you're going with some tempo, but Hey, we like the call. You, I think you might see, this is just this. I'm not getting this from anybody. This is just what teams that I think that I do believe do this will do. You know, maybe some two two play call type of situations where hey, we're going to run this play on the first play. If it, if we hit it, then we're going to line up and we're going to run this play the next play. You know, just things that kind of allow you as a fan to just to be a little bit more aggressive in how you go out with just paying with a little bit more pace. You know, there's a little bit more rhythm, not so much. You know, make your play, get in the huddle, go through the huddle, line up and get the call. We'll see some of that, especially after incompletions. And I think that's what I think we'll see a little bit of a difference is, is when you when you see success, they're going to go. If there's a stop, if there's a sack, if there's a incompletion, if there's something that doesn't necessarily go great, then you may see them, hey, let's let's huddle and let's get the right call in. So I think we'll see more a little bit more pace. And then within that, I think there'll be times when they'll slow it down and go with more of a delay like hey look we want to we you know look we've we've gone fast we scored three straight times the defense has been on the field a lot let's maybe this series slow it down a little bit right maybe we'll huddle a little bit get more of the huddle call a little bit more 
And then I think there's other times you're going to see him just come out and say, we're going to go fast. And whether you call it NASCAR speed, whatever you're going to call it, where you're just going fast. And I think we'll see that mix up a lot more from Notre Dame this year. So I think just being more varied with the tempos, which keeps teams from really getting a read on, on how they're going to attack you from, from series to series. And I think part of that is going to, to play into uh, part. And I want to include this with tempo is I think part of that's going to, is going to say, Hey, we're going to do a little bit more variety from a personnel grouping standpoint. I think this team was a bit, a little bit limited in its ability to do that the last couple of years in 2021. I thought there were some injuries at tight end that made it to where they had to be a little bit more 11 dominant than maybe Tom Reese would have wanted to. This past year, there were some injuries and some departures that made them a little bit more 12 personnel dominant than I think Tom Reese would have wanted to be. I think as long as the personnel is healthy, I think this team would like to do a lot of mixing and matching with personnel from series to series. You're still going to see 13. You're still going to see 12. You're going to see some 11. You're going to see some 20. You're going to see some 21. I think we're going to see a lot more versatility from a personnel standpoint in this offense, not just because of the personnel changes, but also because I think that this is just something that 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 is going to be a sort of a Jared Parker staple in who he believed and what he believes in as a football team and as an offense. So number three, let's get into some specifics of, of what they're going to be, what, what, what some of this is going to look like. So the first two were sort of big picture aspects of what the offense is going to look like. The next call, the next three are going to be a little bit sore specifics of, of what it, you know, what, what is part of that going to look like? So I already talked about being more aggressive and some of the aspects of that, that play into what, a, what being more aggressive looks like, what it's going to mean, the tempo wise. Another big difference that we're going to see from this football team is you're going to see greater use of the RPO game. Now, what does that mean? That That's twofold. So number one is you're just going to see, simply put, the RPO being utilized more in general. Last season, there were games where the RPO was hardly ever used. Other times, the RPO game was used a little bit more, and, and or at least it was tagged more, but it wasn't utilized as much as it should have been. That could have been because the quarterback was not making the correct reads. It could have been because they were just uh, smoke things. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm just doing this to try to influence the defense. There's really not an option for the quarterback to pull it and throw it or pull it and run. It's just we're showing this to try to get influence this defender because I don't think we can block them or I think I'm trying to create a crease or I'm trying to maybe set them up for something down the road. You'll have that, and you'll have that with this offense too, but I think we, we had a lot of that last year where even when they use RPOs, they weren't really using the RPOs. I think we're going to see a lot more of that from this football team in, in 2023. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We saw it in the spring, obviously, so I'm not telling you something that you haven't seen with your own eyes. We saw it this spring. We saw a lot of RPO concepts this spring. We saw, obviously, Jared, I mean, I would argue that some of Jaden Greathouse's concept or catches were off RPOs. We saw, you know, Sam Hartman doing a little bit of that slow mesh, which I don't want to see him do that as much. But I think what we will still see him do that some on the, the some of the quicker game RPO stuff, I could see him still doing some of that where you're throwing a, a slant, a glance, one of those type of routes. I think the second part of, of the RPO game to me is going to be we're going to see more enhanced concepts out of the RPO. And there's basic stuff you can do out of the RPO that, that to me everyone should do. You know, hitch routes, speed outs, slides from the backfield, uh, bubble screens, now screens. There's some basic things like that. Quick posts. There's some quick thing. There's some basic things like that. Speed outs from the outside that you can utilize that we saw Notre Dame utilize a lot in 2018. Those are basic RPO concepts that everybody can and should use, and I think we'll see those this year. And, and I like those. There, there's a lot to it. But if you're going to be a team that really majors in RPOs, and, and meaning it's a much greater part of your offense, you have to go beyond just the basic concepts. Those may make up 75, 80, 85 percent of what you do, but you have to have some enhancements to your RPO game. You just have to schematically. What does that mean? Well, glance routes have to be part of it. To me, there's a difference between a slant and a glance. A slant route is a very structured route concept where you're attacking leverage. You're going to break it off on this, this, or this based on how the defender is, is defending you. Glance routes can look like slants, but they're not slants because they can look like other things. They can almost look like bend routes. They can almost look like, you know, almost sort of like an under, although not a ton. Uh, they they can look like more in cuts, not so the sharp, you know, one, two work inside, but just more the rounded off in cuts. Because the teaching is such that it's it's more of a get open kind of route than it is a, you know, slant maybe, hey, third step, plant, go, right? And, and break off your route. It, it may, it's a slant maybe, hey, if it's first man, you press it to here. It's I mean, it's a very structured teaching concept for slants. Glance is is uh, it's structured in how you teach it, but it's not structured in how it's executed, and and it's a concept that you know I know Steve Sarkeesian uses a lot. A lot of teams that, that major in the RPOs run this route concept a lot, and if you don't really know the intricacies of a glance route, you may not know that certain. You may think, well, that was a that was an in cut or that was a slant. And I'm like, no, nope, that was a glance. No, nope, that was a glance too. It's going to look different. That's part of what you're going to see, and we saw this in the spring. But there's other things I think teams that really major in the RPOs can and should do, and and that involves being more you know, actually running some 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 pass concepts out of it. There may be some some quick hitting perimeter type concepts. You could actually I I think there's merit to running you know like I said some some outside post routes. I think there's merit to taking some one on one shots on, shots on go routes, and I think there's merit to running certain pass concepts out of it. And what I and, and now I don't love running a ton of those. You'll see some of the air raid teams run a ton of of these RPO concepts that are downfield. We're not seeing it as much as we used to because I think quarterbacks were taking a beating. But I think back to Jared Goff when he played under I think Sonny Dykes was his head coach uh, at the time. But he would run RPO concepts where they're throwing like downfield vertical routes. I mean, you're talking about like deep posts corner routes, seam routes, where he's running RPO, 
and then he's basically sitting and waiting. The problem with that is you're blocking for a run play, meaning you're not protecting the edge. And so Jared, Jared Goff took a lot of shots at Cal as he stoned the ball. And a lot of it was because it wasn't that his line wasn't blocking someone or someone got free on a pass rush. It was, we are not accounting for the edge per se on this run concept. And, or we're not, we're not blocking for this delay linebacker because they're not blocking for pass. They're blocking for run. And that would expose him to getting some big hits. And and so I don't want to see a lot of that. What I'm more referring to are some of the things that might be a little bit more rhythm downfield concepts, you know, things where you tell your quarterback, like, Hey, if we're running, you know, let's say we're in a, th- a three by one, I won't get into specific routes, but let's say you're in a three by one with a tight end attached or a tight end in a, in a wing position. Say we're going to run an inside zone and we're going to tag a backfield route concept. And, and it's kind of a vertical concept. Well, if you're running inside zone with your, backside tight end accounting for that backside gap then you have a six blocker you can kind of protect off that edge a little bit and so you might be able to kind of read that and then take that shot down the field or even if it means give like a little bit of a flash because you've made your read because a lot of times with those downfield concepts you might actually make a bit of a pre-snap read with some of those but more so on the downfield routes it's a post-snap read a lot of the pre-snap rpo reads are going to come on the quick stuff. Hey, we've got this guy out leveraged. I'm pulling and throwing the bubble right now. I'm not even giving the flash fake. I am catching and I'm throwing the bubble. Cause you'll see that in games, not so much Notre Dame, but you'll see that where other teams where, you know, the quarterback's here, the running back is here, quarterback catches it and the running back starts on an inside zone track. And the quarterback just turns and throws a now screen or turns and throws a bubble right now outside because, or, or even a quick slide or a, a speed out or a hitch or something where he's just catching and throwing. Because he has read, hey, we have leverage here. This window's open. That corner's off with his hips turned. We can get this route out right now because we we want to get we want to attack it. And you don't necessarily want to go through that fake. With the glance stuff, with slants, with quick posts, with some of the downfield concepts, you do still want to ride that out. Number one, to make your run and read, but number two, because that then will freeze guys and then open up some of those downfield opportunities on some of those route concepts. So that's all part of what I think we'll see when you look at Notre Dame's RPO package this year, it's not going to just be, Hey, we're going to run more, you know, 10 more. We're going to show 10 more. I think we're going to see a ton of RPO and, and it's going to force teams into some really tough binds, which I think is going to, I think early in the season will help the pass game later in the season is going to help the run game. What I mean by helping the pass game early is I think teams are going to play to stop the run early. I mean, if if you're Navy, if you're Tennessee State, if you're NC State, you're probably saying, hey, we've got to stop Notre Dame from running the football. That's who they are. They've got two great tackles. they got a good center. Got some big mauling guards, perhaps. You're going to have a 230-pound monster running back. You've got you know good tight ends that can block. You're still going to have to stop the run. And you're going to force Notre Dame, because, yes, I know Notre Dame has Sam Hartman, but – I would who, who right now I'll, I'll put it like this: If you're an opposing team right now and you're preparing for Notre Dame in Game One or Game Two or Game Three, because those teams are looking at Notre Dame right now, and you're watching Notre Dame play even in the spring game, but you're watching Notre Dame play right now from last year, you're breaking down end this season film. Are you more concerned about the Notre Dame wide receivers, or are you more concerned about the combination of Joe Walt, Blake Fisher, Zeke Carell, and Aldrick Estime? I would imagine you're more concerned with the offensive line slash Audric estimate run game, correct? 
I'm going to, hey, Tobias is talented. Dion's talented. Jaden's talented. But right now, those guys aren't dudes. The tackles are dudes. The running back is a dude. I'm going to make those guys show me that they're ready to be big-time players. And until they do, you're going to see teams more focused on stopping the run early. And then later in the season, if they're able to have some success with the pass game, able to have some success uh, with your RPO concepts, then all of a sudden that puts teams out more where they've got to, they've got to play for width. They can't just fly their safeties down. They're going to be in situations where they may feel the need, hey, we have to play more kind of too high safety looks because they run a lot of play action. They run a lot of vertical concepts. They like to spread the field. They like to run flood concepts. So we have to be in a position where we can defend those from both ways because if I'm if I'm running a flood concept to a three-by-one to the three-by-one side and you roll down into a cover one or cover three look, you're going to have guys who can defend that. The alley player can help defend some of those concepts. The corner is going to be able to bail and cover the go route. You know, the alley safety can kind of play the deep out or he could even play the speed out depending on how aggressive you want to be with him, wherever that's coming from. You have a guy that the linebacker, if he's a good cover guy, can play the out cut or the safety can play the out cut and the linebacker could buzz depending on your coverage structure. There's some things you can do for that, but – Smart coaches also know how to run floods away from three by one and whether it's a sale concept or whatever, but there's a lot of things I would do schematically when I was a pass game coordinator, we'd go three by one, but we didn't end up basically running sort of a flood concept. It would look the same. It would just be getting there differently where we'd run backside. So the backside receiver would run a go. One of the inside receivers is going to run a deep over, and then we're going to do some sort of delay under route where again, it's we're attacking you on levels on the backside. If you're rolling away from that, then we're going to we're going to have you we're going to put you in some binds. If we're going 3 by 1 and you're rolling down and we're banging a lot of one-on-one backside routes because, you know, and, or back to back, you know backside one on, you know, two-on-one concepts with our receiver and slides, we're bringing a lot of overs, a lot of crossers and things like that. And then we're running, you know, we're running RPOs out of that stuff. It may say, "Hey, look, we got to play more two to the boundary." We mean which means we need to keep two high safety looks so we need maybe playing four to the field or whatever the case may be with some of those different coverage structures and now all of a sudden you're going to have a tougher time getting the box numbers you need to defend the run game and so that's what i look at and say that's how or later in the season if you're able to have success with the rpo game and the pass game but more so focused on the rpo game it's going to make your run game better so i absolutely think this is something we're going to see a lot more of from the Notre Dame offense under Jared Parker compared to what it was in past years. Number four, I think that we're going to see, this is sort of a prediction. We didn't necessarily see it a ton in the spring. It's just knowing that the type of things that we already talked about in order to make them work, I think you need an enhanced screen game. Being an effective RPO team, it's a great counter to run game. Like why run screens? Okay, number one. It's a it's a great RPO add-on, running screens, bubble screens, now screens, uh, tunnel screens. There's a lot of different concepts that you can do off of RPO action. If you're in a 21 or 22 personnel, you can run bubble screens out of the backfield. You can run some perimeter screens to your running backs uh, that, that, out of RPO concepts. So there's a lot of different things you can do with the screen game. It also helps protect against teams that are that are going to blitz you a lot. There are screen concepts that can help there. Teams that, you know, if you're if you are really good throwing the football and they do want to play two safeties back, and you are able to get some some good numbers, now all of a sudden your your pass games, your, your I should say pass look screens come into play. You know where you're dropping back, and then all of a sudden 
you know, you're looking down the field and bam, we're knocking a little slip screen behind because you've dropped eight and we're going to let that, that weak side defender come weak side edge guy come. We're going to have that tailback just, just come slip around right behind called a slip screen, slip right behind him. We're dumping it off. And now we've got a, we've got a caravan of blockers in front of those because you dropped your backers and dropped your safeties into coverage. So all those things, I think we're going to see a lot more of, of uh, sort of an, an, an enhanced screen game inside and out screen game. And then the final piece to me is we're going to see a, a very, we're going to see a run game that schematically looks a lot like last year's meaning most of the run concepts I believe we'll see this year are going to be things we saw last year. We're going to see duo. We're going to see inside zone. We're going to see outside zone. We're going to see different versions of counter. We're going to see jet sweeps. We're going to see things like that. We saw all that last year. There may be a couple wrinkles here and there that Joe Rudolph likes to add or will, will want to add that, that all O-line coaches do, but the bread and butter runs are going to look a lot like last year. But I think it's going to also look a lot different than last year. And, and here's the ways that I think it's going to look different. Number one is we're going to see a lot more, as I, I kind of already alluded to, or I didn't allude to, I said earlier, the more diversity of personnel, 11, 10, 21, 20, 22, uh, 13, all those different concepts. If uh, I think I said 12, if I didn't 12 in, and so we'll see a lot of that. We'll see a lot of movement out of this, like kind of like we saw last year, but a lot more diversity of how you line up, which creates problem can create problems for you as an offense, depending on what you're running, but it also puts defenses in a lot of buying. So, uh, depending on how you're gonna how you're gonna your your scheme your concept. So if I'm running a lot of eleven personnel, I have to attack with duo differently than I'm attacking with duo and twelve personnel. So I have to figure out ways to attack with that. And 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 so then you you look at you know if I'm in twelve personnel, I'm getting more condensed boxes. What are some things I can do to make teams pay for that? I thought the Clemson game last year was an example of that. So, But I think we'll see that more consistently this year is the diversity in which they align up and how they get into it. And the second part is schematic diversity and how the concepts are implemented, meaning, yes, we're going to see inside zone. We're going to see um, counter. We're going to see duo. We're going to see outside zone. We're going to see those concepts. I think we even saw a couple tosses last year with pulling inside guys. And and get into uh, in, into some of the, into some of those type of things. And so uh, this year, I think we'll see you know some games duo maybe heavy maybe a heavy usage of duo in some games. Uh, in other games, it may be duos not used as much. I think we'll see a, a more balance between duo and inside zone. Where the, the some of the games last year, I really felt like Notre Dame was at its best from a run game standpoint. Is games where they were really going after teams with a very different makeup, like inside run game balance, you know, inside zone, duo, mixing it up, getting outside. And we just didn't see that a lot. I think we'll see that consistently this year. There will be games, obviously, when they're just going to hammer teams and say, hey, we've run this play and they just can't stop it. So we're going to keep going at it. But I think we're going to see more inside inside zone duo balance. I think we're going to see more of a perimeter run game usage this year, whether it's outside zone, whether it's a toss sweep type of play, uh, jet sweeps, um, pure sweeps, you know, with backs. Uh, also, some counters didn't get uh, getting into counters different ways, meaning so instead of, hey, we ran 40 run plays and, you know, 28 of them were duo 
and five of them were inside zone. We ran three jet sweeps and like three counters and then like one outside zone, which is similar to what we saw last year. I think this year we're going to see more if there's 40 run plays, it's like, you know, 10 inside zones or duos, 10 of the other, you know, more counters, more some of these, you know, maybe solo ice, solo lineman wrap type concepts maybe that are kind of – I don't know if we'll see that. That's just what teams some teams will do. But more ins outside zone, more getting the ball outside, greater usage of some of the shovels and jets and things that they do. I think we'll saw, see more of that this year, and I think that's the final piece to, to this run game that – or to this offense is going to be a lot different. So uh, more aggressive, that's going to include – more variety of tempo. We're going to see a greater usage of the RPOs and enhanced screen game. And then the last piece, uh, which was a more diverse run game. So that's what I think we're going to see from the Notre Dame offense this year. I think those are the areas where when they, when they come out, they they're they're. I think we'll see it pretty early on. I could, I could maybe see Navy not being the game where they're using that just because of how the the triple option can kind of maybe cause you to alter what you do offensively. But I think we're going to see it pretty early on. We'll see those differences uh, really start to shine and and to where you're going to say to yourself, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of new stuff, right? There's some pass game wrinkles that will be new, maybe a run game wrinkle here and there. But structurally, schematically, there's going to be a lot of carryover, but how it's used, how it's implemented, the the volume of, hey, look, all the deep stuff that they have this year, they would have had last year, but they're going to use it way more this year, for example. I think that's going to be what is going to be the biggest difference between the Notre Dame offense in the past under Tommy Reese and other coaches and the Notre Dame offense under Jared Parker.